Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Welcome along to 2023 and IMSA competition. And a brand new series will kick off the IMSA racing in this new year and new era of IMSA competition. Whilst everyone's talking, of course, as they should be, about the front of the grid in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship with the new manufacturers and the new GTP cars, there's a new look to one of the developmental series. Multi-class racing, 45-minute sprints, GT4s, or GT, or GSXs as we'll be calling them, and P3s on the track together in the VP Racing Challenge for 2023. Two rounds this weekend at the World Centre of Racing as part of the Raw before the Rolex 24, and you'll hear them both live here on IMSA Radio. This is RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. IMSA Radio live from Trackside 107.9. Uh, and in the booth alongside me, John Heindorf, I am delighted to welcome back from Team TGM, a man who has uh, put me right on several things to do with motor racing down through the years. The most experienced Michelin pilot challenge driver in the history of that championship in its various iterations. Happy New Year, Owen Trinkler. John, thanks for having me up here today. Excited to get this season kicked off, uh, this VP Challenge. When it got announced last year, this is a great development series for guys that are in the GSX or GT4 cars. The LMP3 cars, if they have aspirations in running a Michelin Pilot in the GT4, they get used to the traffic coming around them. Same thing for the LMP3 guys, if they got aspirations to run in WeatherTech. This is a great championship to work the traffic there also. A great opportunity, as you said, uh, for the drivers. And IMSA listening to the paddock again. This effectively replaces the old IPC, which were longer races, multi-driver races. The team's saying, we want to do something just a little bit different from that. Yeah, and I think it gives some guys that are, I mean, there's some regulars that are in the Michelin Pilot that are in this race today. I uh, don't know many of the guys in the LMP3 cars, but it gives them a chance to get used if they have aspirations, like like we said, running in the WeatherTech Championship to get used to going around traffic and being around other cars. And uh, gives these guys to, you know, get a little show time for them running the front of the field because it's bronze-rated or silver-rated drivers only. And uh, some of these guys are now – they need to learn how to be at the front of the field and uh, so they can move up to the Michelin Pilot. Shea Adam is down in the pits. We have nine prototypes and 15 uh, on the uh, GSX side of things. Shea Adam is down in the pit lane. The formalities just uh, finishing off. And what a qualifying session we had earlier on today, Shay. Right to the end of the session, the pole position uh, for the front of the race in prototype was was actually swapping backwards and forwards. Oh, it was a great qualifying session. And the first four cars on the grid are definitely ones to keep our eyes on because there's two Duquesnes, two Ligiers, and it is indeed not paired up. Different manufacturers making up each of the front rows. So it's nice to see that we have the uh, Ligier from Joy Garg on pole position. The young man making his first of four planned starts this year out of the seven-round championship. We'll see if that's still the plan by the end of the day. But starting alongside him, Dan Goldberg, a series staple as far as LMP3 racing is concerned, whether it's been in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship or the IMSA Prototype Challenge. But now he's in a Duquesne. He knows the Ligier very well. He's going to learn his new race car over the course of this 45-minute contest. But, John, of course, it wouldn't be Daytona. It would not be Florida. It wouldn't be IMSA, quite frankly, if we didn't add a little bit of drama to it. And guess what? There's raindrops falling on my head right now. Do not sing. If that had been Nick Damon, I won't sing. He would have broken in. It would have been Butch (laughs) Cassidy and the Sundance Kid all over again. 
down there. There was one or two drops as we were heading back over from uh, from lunch. A wee moment or go uh, to a go. The cloud is high. It doesn't look even as threatening as it was this morning. There hasn't been uh, any rain for quite a while, and it will be a worry for these teams uh, down and their drivers down. They're, they're not expecting mm -hmm. a pit stop, Owen. So th the teams are going to have to be on their metal just in case. They have, I've looked in, uh, with, down at the pit lane, they have obviously got wet weather tyres there. Some of these drivers might not have done a pit stop before. I was going to say, yeah, some of these guys brand new to Daytona probably and uh, didn't expect to do a pit stop here. But like you said, John, the cl clouds are pretty high here. I don't know if it's going to rain yet. We may get a few sprinkles, but I don't think you even think about going to wet tires at any time soon unless it really comes a downpour here because this track on the oval, the tires get so hot. If we put rains on, even if we got a little bit of sprinkle here at the beginning, you've got to stay on those slicks, which <laughs> – I know that a little bit from some other races we've done. <laughs> Indeed so. I know as a motorcyclist, though, you see spots of rain on your visor. Fundamentally, that is going to affect your mindset. And psychologically, you're thinking, I haven't got a lot of grips. These drivers are bronze or silver, may not have a lot of experience. So they might not be feeling the grip. They'll see spots of rain on on the windscreen, that could easily affect their driving style. Mentally gets in them to it when they see it on the windscreen. They got the drops like you were just saying, but it's super important. I take it they're going to do two pace laps here to get heat in the tires, really work the brakes hard because that puts heat in the wheel, puts heat in the tires. So some of these guys, which you work with, you know, younger drivers or, or bronze-rated drivers trying to really work and scrub the tires and get the heat built up on these pace laps. Um, we'll go through the... Uh, we'll go through the grids uh, in more detail in a moment, but we have got 24 cars out there for the start of this brand new series. They're lined up in echelon formation, tails uh, away from the pit wall, actually. They're sitting uh, with uh, rear fenders right on the acceleration line, very neatly uh, lined up. Uh, the Boy and Girl Scouts have just done the anthem. And, of course, we're at DIS, Daytona International Speedway, just off the beach, a couple of three miles away. Twelve corners, three and a half miles. And, listen, Owen, you'll tell me this more, but this infield section is actually far more nuanced than people think. It's not an easy circuit here. No, it's really tight. You go from the wide oval, and you go down into turn one, it gets narrow pretty quick. Uh, then you've got sand that gets thrown up on the track, too, during this 45-minute race. Uh, during our practice session this morning, uh, the track was pretty dirty. They've cleaned it off pretty good from what I can see, but it gets really narrow. Then you've got the fast kink in here also, and then you've got to get out of turn six good. There's some bumps getting into turn six, and make sure you get the power down, headed down to the Lamar chicane. And that, they're quite flat curbs, but it looked to me as though there's a few extra bumps there than the last time we were here. Uh, just coming in through the first part, the left-hander, you get offline there, there's a nasty bump that can just throw the car to the right a bit. There is, if you're coming in, into the bus stop or Lamont chicane, that, that, that first entry as you transition off the oval is a quite severe bump there. You've got to get your car to really ride over that pretty good before it settles to make the right turn out of there. Cars are rolling, so we'll go through the grid for you in just a wee moment. Owen, where this is a sprint race. Let's remember that. It's 45 minutes. It's effectively one stint, isn't it, when we see the, the endurance. Where are the, driver, where do the drivers need to concentrate here, whether they're at the front or at the back? What's going to make the difference here between them having a good race and them having a very good race? Well, if you're at the front of the field, pretty easy, a little bit, if you want to say that. But in either class, I think you get, you know, get through the start, you know, you you can lose this race in turn one uh, right away, but get through the first lap. Let the race kind of settle in here. The draft's so important here, John, uh, in both classes. If you're running second or third, that's okay. As long as you're in touch with the leaders here being a sprint race, there's no pit stops. You just need to stay in touch with them because we've seen another series here. The draft is so important. It's still important in all these classes here running today. So let's have a look at the first ever IMSA VP Racing Sports Car Challenge race. A single qualifying session that set the grid. Your fastest lap sets the grid position for this one. Second fastest lap 
That sets your grid position for race number two, unless you go quicker in this race, and then that takes over. From the back then, the Chevrolet Camaro, Frank Depew, Will Wax with the Porsche 718 GT4 RS, then the first of the Mustangs, Jim Farley. He knows Ford Mustangs very well. He knows Ford very well. He's their chief executive officer. Proof that there's passion in the boardroom at the Blue Oval. Rob Walker is in 12th position with one of the newer G82 BMW M4 GT4s. He's got the F82, which is the older version. Patrick Wilmot for company on row number six. On row five, Angus Rogers is partnered in his Porsche by Sean Quinlan. Remember, single drivers here, so that's 93 and five on row number five. On row four, it's two BMWs, an F82 and a G82. It's uh, uh, Francis Sedorf in the F82. And uh, in fact, sorry, I got that wrong. It was uh, Sean Quinlan in there. Mark Siegel was in the other Porsche. Ahead of them, Vin Barletta in the, uh, in the Turner Motorsport machine. That is the number 95. Uh, and Trim Probert ahead of him, or alongside him rather, in the 65 Mercedes AMG GT4. Sebastian Carrazzo running his... Uh, number that we have been used to seeing him down through the years in Porsches. He is in a Porsche. It's a 718, and that's the 27 car. He's on row four of the GS, uh, GSX position four. In position three, Moise Oretsky uh, has the Aston Martin Vantage GT, the number 44 car. And on the front row, it's Todd Coleman in the Aston Martin and Billy Griffin in the Ford Mustang. On to the prototypes then. A mix of Leashiers and Duquesne. Adrian Kunzel is in the Leashier in ninth position. Scott Neal in eighth. Keith McGovern in 7th, Merkel Schultzes in the Duquesne in 6th, 5th position for Brian Deans, Lance Wilsey in 4th position and on the front two rows, Courtney Crone and Dan Goldberg with Pijoy Garg at the front of the field with that last gasp pole position, 45 minutes on the clock. And we're waiting for the BMW to pull into the pit lane, which is does now. Not much engine noise because they are driving slowly. The front two or three rows are very close, almost touching. Now the engine lords rise. We've green flag for the first time ever in the VP Racing Challenge here at Daytona. Down towards turn one, and the Pulsar have got a decent start there. That's the first thing that he has to do. All kinds of lock-up, and we do have a spin. At the first corner, it was almost inevitable that that would happen. And the start is under review. Expect that to be standard procedure. Bijoy Garg, though, leads for Junior 3 Racing from pole position. And has all gone wide nope. out of the International Horseshoe. And that's side by side now. Down the inside. 73 down Goldberg. That's a brilliant manoeuvre. He's gone round the outside of the kink. Oh, on cold tyres on the first lap. Oh, and Trinkler. How brave is that from Dan Goldberg to take the lead? Yeah, that was an impressive move by Dan. I think our pole sitter, we were talking about one pace lap, John. So it was important to really get the tyre temp up. He locked up the brakes and spun around there. And now he's at the back of the field. But Dan made an impressive move through the kink. Too wide there on the opening lap. Well, let's see what happened further back down the field as the leaders... We steered under green, by the way. Uh, and it was the right in the middle of the prototype field. Uh, big spin from the outside. And, well, dear me, that's exactly what they didn't want to happen. One or two people jumping out of line further back as well. Oh, that but was Tim Probert who Tim jumped Probert out Tim Probert yep. jumped out of line, and I think he will get a penalty for that. That's an absolute no-no. So the fight back begins for the spinning car. Goldberg then uh, ahead at the end of the first lap. Here he comes underneath us. The sound of the V8 engine. Goldberg leads from 47 Motorsport in second. Then Team Schultz's McGovern, Neil, Kunzel. And our Paul Sitter after that spin for Junior 3 Racing. Dropping way down. Sean Creech Motorsport, the number 30 car as well, down through the field. Side-by-side -side action, Aston Martin and the 65. It's one of the, the Tim Probert, there. Probert cars, yeah. So... At the front, of course, everybody has pulled away. Now you've got to settle down, and there's about 
eight to ten seconds a lap difference I, I was noting it in qualifying Owen so we are going to get some lapping in this 45 minute race we will the p3 cars will definitely catch the gt4 uh, or gs x cars uh here probably in about 10 laps or so probably but uh, what a fight here at the the beginning of the gsx field but now it's just time to settle in we got aston martin porsche and ford so three different manufacturers right there in the top three and they've gapped the fourth place car so at this point 45 minute race no, it's a sprint, but those guys just need to settle down. They use the draft to their advantage. They can pull away, and the top three can check out from the fourth-place guy. Are they still going to have to have elements of tire management? I'll ask you that again in a moment as we've got a battle for second. Oh, there's a touch. That was almost inevitable as well as the 99 car got a little tap there. Brian Thames is the machine that has gone off, I believe. Lance Wilsey, John. Lance Wilsey actually got the tap and went off there, Shea. Thank you. Welcome. And so that was uh, for a little bit further down as they were uh, having their own battle. I think there might be a little problem on the transponder of the Sean Creech motorsport machine. And that was uh, quite a thud between those two cars. Hans Wilson being scored down in 24th position was actually battling for second and third there as the number 99 machine uh, of Courtney Crone was 47 motorsport machine. Just tapped the front of that car, then locked up, leaving Lance nowhere to go other than through the cutout. False start, drive through for Tim Probert. We saw it, he broke ranks, and that's an yep. absolute no-no. Yeah, way before the start finish, he popped out to the right, and uh, Tim Tim's a super experienced driver uh, in other championships that IMSA runs, and uh, should have known that he needed to stay in his row and his column there coming to the green flag, because you cannot make a move until you cross start-finish line. But... Uh, Johnny, you talked about experience with Dan Goldberg. First race, I've got to see him run, but experience is showing up here. He is checked out, and he's run away from this field. He actually ran in the 24-hour race last year, in, uh, Owen. Uh, yes. Yeah, but there, yeah, there's you. the experience there. Exactly. He's, he's got a huge lead now. He just needs to maintain it and, and manage it. No, the spin this time in the GTs, and it's the number 27 Porsche that rotates several times. That's Sebastian Carrazzo. He was running second. Oh, my goodness, mate. What a... Drop down the field. That is going to give him, Sebastian, plenty of Porsche experience. Ran in the Porsche single-make series in the IMSA category. Oh, side. oh, he got a tap. Oh, yep. Tap from the... Oh, Tim. I'll tell you what. He was, he was yep. very close to taking out the Archangel Motorsport number 69 car. Yeah, it looked like he squeezed him as we were getting a replay of it that, that the Coleman was not... Todd Coleman wasn't all the way back to the right. And uh, you can run too wide there. Uh, I've run there with my mate uh, Stephen McAleer here last year through that kink flat out. So you can do it, but looked like Coleman kind of squeezed him a little bit there on the entry and uh, didn't give him much room. So share Adam in the pit lane. If we do need to go to one of the teams, she'll be there. We'll have a chance to speak to the two winners at the end of the race. It's Owen Trinkler and John Hindorf in the booth. Well, it's been action-packed so far. We've haven't even <laughs> had 10 minutes. We've had exactly six minutes of racing. The incident involving the number 99 US uh, 47 Motorsports car and the number 30 of Lance Wilsey from Sean Creech Motorsport, who is now scored in his correct place, is under review, and it's a penalty. It's a penalty, and it had to happen. We... Saw that clearly that Courtney Crone made the mistake and that will be a drive through. I was going to ask you before that happened, is there still an element of uh, is there still an element of tire management in a 45 minute stint? John, I'd say yes, but what we've seen the last six minutes, I don't know if we make it some caution here soon. But yes, you need to save the tires and be ready for the last 10 minutes of this race. So that's why you need to settle down. Uh, especially for Goldberg, he just needs to settle down, take care of his car, take care of his tires. Uh, he's got a big enough lead. There's a good fight at the front of the GSX field. And uh, those guys, if they just work together and save their tires for the last 10 minutes, because if you get a caution late, John, and you bunch everybody back up and say the fourth or fifth place guys have saved their tires, they're going to be ready to pounce if you've used your car up too much. We've got a car into the pit lane, and this is not expected. It looks like Sebastian Carrazzo's Porsche with Kelly Moss with Riley racing, and indeed it is the 27 machine with bright blue and orange accents. It rolls to a stop. Now, they're not used to doing pit stops in this series, but they do have regulations for it in the rule books. You are allowed three mechanics to work on the car 
one tire technician and one brake technician also. They do have their mandatory three mechanics. Oh, and the computer is coming out as Sebastian is revving the engine. So this might be a bigger issue than just what was sustained from that contact. Shea Adam down in the pit lane for the opening race of 2023 for IMSA competition. It is the brand new VP Sports Car Challenge for 2023. As we've still got 37 minutes to go. And it's Dan Goldberg for JDC Motorsport who leads from Brian Thienes in second for US Racetronics. But it's five seconds between the first two. Michael Schultz is further back down. And we've got BMW 1, 2, 3 going down into turn one. Side by side action as they're having a scrap for fifth, sixth and seventh position. And leading that little trio of BMWs is the number 25 down into the hairpin at the moment. That's the Rob Walker car. Yeah, one of the new G82 cars. Yeah, that is the latest body shell shape. Turner in there. We've got four BMWs because on the back of that, Sean Quinlan uh, in the number 19, Stephen Cameron racing machine. 95, we are used to seeing the blue and yellow of Turner Motorsport. So that is Francis Seldorf in that number 95 machine. Moise Oretsky in there as well. 27, car 27, which is Carrazzo, under review. So maybe there was somebody else involved in Carrazzo going that's around. We, well, that's what we were talking about uh, it going into the kink that the Todd Coleman car kind of squeezed him a little bit going in there. And just didn't, he could have moved further to the right. He was kind of the middle of the road. It didn't uh, give the 27 car enough room there to make it through the kink. Shit. Shea was watching what happened to the Carrazzo car. It is back out, the number 27 car. Shea, what were they looking at? Uh, the Kelly Mouse with Riley Mechanics took the right rear wheel off, looked in the wheel well, checked that the tire was undamaged, put it back on and sent him back out. And we have still not cleared the penalty, I believe, for the number 99, the Courtney Crone 47 Motorsport car. I have not seen that car come down through the pits, and it certainly hasn't been... It's, it certainly hasn't been scored as coming down the pit lane as yet. Right, we have had 10 minutes of this race, and frankly, I'm lathered. Uh, this has been, we expect it to be fast and furious, but this one's been turned up to 11 already. First race of the season, John. You know, everybody's excited showing up here at Daytona, and uh, you've got the big test session for the WeatherTech cars, and these guys are amped up too. And uh, it showed here in the, in the first 10 minutes that they were ready to go in the instance that we've had happen. So hopefully everybody's going to settle down a little bit and uh, just kind of get in a groove here. It's, we only got 34 minutes to go, but if you're at the front of the field, you need to just kind of pace yourself at this point. As Goldberg keeps uh, extending his lead, he's 5.5 seconds ahead of second place, so he just needs to really manage that, and uh, he'll be good unless we get a caution to close their other P3 cars up. He, I mean, he was the beneficiary of the the mistake by the pool sitter. Yeah. But he was putting pressure on. You've got to be there. You've got to take advantage of it. But now, the old adage is, and you would be saying this if, if you were on the radio to him, right, focus forward, man. Focus forward, man. Yeah. Just uh, do, do your job and focus forward and no pressure behind you. And uh, just good consistent laps here, which he's knocking them out right now. Shea Adam with news of a penalty. You can hear the faint rumble in the background as Courtney Crone has served her drive through penalty, and now the Red Dragon continues the hunt towards the front. That was the number 99 car. That was the incident with uh, Lance Wilsey that sent the Sean Creech Motorsport car through the shortcut at the back of the Le Mans chicane. Uh, let's pick up some action in GSX. And it's BMW versus Aston Martin. Finn Barletta, Moise Oretsky. Finn in the yellow and blue and the multicolored car up on the high side is the 44 yeah, that's, a a rescue. that's a tough, a tough pass, pass to, to make. make yeah it goes off camber there but it makes it get to done you know takes the outside momentum there but that is a tough pass to move because the road does fall away as far out as he was there to make that pass on Ben there it uh I have to say that that was very fair driving by both drivers there Ben could have made that a lot more difficult and uh, deliberately didn't. Uh, it has slowed them up a little bit and allowed 
the Rob Walker BMW number 25 from Auto Technical to close up on that battle for what is effectively third, fourth, and fifth position. It's uh, Todd Coleman in second. He's just a little bit further up the road in the green Aston. And then the Ford Mustang of Billy Griffin is leading by just over three seconds, actually. Now three BMWs battling. Here comes the 25 round the outside. All right, high side or low side? Uh, New BMW or old BMW? Yeah, these guys need to work together at this point. They want to keep getting runs on each other, but they need to work together because the draft is so important here at Daytona. Um, it's almost you want to take that run, but if you work with if he works with Vin here, and uh, they'll close back up on the other cars ahead of him. So two of the F class BMWs, the FNTs, and one in the middle. It's the meat in the sandwich of the G cars. That's the newer of the cars. And as Owen's saying, two cars move through the air easier than one. Three cars should move through the air easier than two. But look at this on the high side. The number 88 to the top of the track. And Patrick Mil Wilmot is trying to go up into fifth position into the tri-oval. Down past us now, side by side. Last of the late breakers into turn one. The hood of that BMW just starting to move a tiny bit until he breaks. Then it drops back down again on the silver and blue car. Vin going really wide there through turn one, and that lost him a bit of ground. But they are see, they weren't fighting that hard there, and they are catching second and third now. The two Astons are battling, and in fact, they're right with them at the International Horseshoe as they come out of that part of the circuit. The leader in GSX. Billy Griffin has cleared off, and then we've got, we're going to have five cars here battling for second position, Owen. No, they're going to close up. Rob Walker just made a, a pass on the Vin Boletta's car there and took him in, uh, in turn three there. But the, these guys have got to get to working together. The Aston Martins are going to check out on them, too, because they're wanting to dice with each other. I know it's, it's tempting, John, when you get that run here at Daytona that you want to pop out and take it. Uh, but in a race, it's 30 minutes to go here. You're not sure if you're going to get a caution. You've got to try to reel these guys back in and use that draft to your advantage. And just, uh, you know, if you got to go half throttle, you got to go it. But you've you got to stay in line here, and you'll close up with those guys ahead of you. So we are not even halfway through, 15 minutes into this race. And there are five cars almost equidistant from second on the down. Who's behind that? Mark Siegel in the first of the Porsches trying to gain it's BMW City in the midfield from fourth down to eighth position and Mark Siegel in ninth Jim Farley has moved through the field in his Ford Mustang ahead of Angus Rogers and Will Max Frank DePew's gone up a couple of positions as well Tim Brovert in 14th Sebastian Carrazo back in the pits and Shea Adam reports to me that the machine has been plugged in again at the front of the field JDC Motorsports Dan Goldberg now seven and a half seconds to the good on Brian Thiens and a big gap back to Mirko Schultz who's got about a second on Lance Wilsey who's got six seconds on the Kelly Moss number 28 behind him so the prototypes are spreading out but once again as we I think might have predicted the GT cars on providing plenty of entertainment they are, for sure. The GSX cars, it's getting entertaining from third and fourth. But uh, Goldberg's going to catch this whole pack. John, he's getting ready to come up on him. He's entering turn three here, which he's going to catch the tail end of the field of uh, the GSX class. So let's see what happens to his gap. He just needs to methodically pick his way through this, these guys because they're battling pretty close up here. The This is the danger time. Especially when you got a lead that oh. big for him. He just needs to take his well, time and, and, and be methodically about what he's doing here. The uh, what, what I think, of course, the, the thing is that these guys are right in the thick of battle. It's bad enough when you catch a single car, but you've got five or six cars together. And these guys, there'll be blue flags going out, but is it blue flags for the guy you're fighting or blue flags for the leader? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, some of these guys may have spotters up on top of us here and They'll be letting them know that the overall, the over, all the overall leaders coming up on them, but uh, they're in their own fight too. But he's catching a lot of it here on the banking coming down to the Lamar chicane. So, Aston, BMW, BMW, BMW. So this is now effectively the battle for third position as Moise Oretsky's just pulled away by a car's length or two. 
second place car carving its way through traffic and trying to let the leader go through the BGP Motorsports Porsche with Will Wax behind the wheel just got a little bit wide and then pulled back onto the racing line unfortunately there was a Camaro of Frank Depew already there last year for the Chevy Camaro GT4 now more drafting coming down into turn one second third fourth and oh a little bit of an overrun from the first of the BMWs that's going to cost positions for the 25 and Rob Walker drops back at least one or two positions and here comes Oops, the leader the leader's leader. right there he's got a wall of BMWs in front of him as he goes into the international horseshoe big slide from the number 88 and Patrick Wilmot now. This is the worst place to catch him to right here at the kink. Has got through. Dan Goldberg, who was brave at the kink earlier on to take the lead. Now behind Vin Barletta in the Turner Motorsport car and gets dive bombed down the inside by the number 88. <laughs> and Patrick Wilmot, I'm not sure our overall leader was expecting a GT4 car, one of our GSX cars, to go back down the inside. Fair play. <laughs> He was Patrick. taking it a little easy in there to turn five. Well, <laughs> yeah. those guys are fighting hard, like we talked about. He he needs to methodically take his way, you know, pick his way through these guys. Now he might be ten seconds a lap quicker. He is ten seconds a lap quicker down the Goldberg than these cars. But the BMWs here, all of the GSX cars have got ABS, so there is a potential for them to break very late. And of course, where is the prototype least? efficient when it's going slowly and it doesn't have the downforce pushing down on it. Yeah, and he had the BMW in front of him too, so that's why he, he Dan moved to the left and left the inside open, and that's when that BMW tried to fill that gap there also. And uh, I think he was really thinking about the lead that he did have, and he's trying to protect that a little bit because he saw these guys fighting it pretty hard as he's trying to put them a lap down. And, and they're not in the same class. We talked about this in the beginning. This is getting these guys experience being passed and passing other cars. Um, to be another championships that IMSA provides. So we are coming down towards the second half of the race. That's a little moment between Will Vax and the Frank Debut Chevy Camaro under review. John, too, the rain's held off so far. Uh, oh, so, I cannot believe so, you. So, so, so I'm going to be the. Is it the, the TV host? Curse, is that what it's Curse of the commentators, yeah. yeah. So, Shay, if you start to see uh, or feel some rain there, it's my fault. Shay, Adam. <laughs> Thank you, Owen. It's about 80 minutes away. I actually just checked the radar. There are storms all around us to the north and the south, but it is moving directly eastward. So we're okay for now. I'll let you know when it starts to rain, though. Believe me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want it to rain because I want my owner to get in the next WeatherTech session. Ah, so right. Right. Oh, <laughs> so. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. Thank you, Shay, down there in the pit lane. Did we get a definitive answer, Shay, just before I let you go, on the Carrazzo car? Has no. that, it hasn't gone back out again. He, well, he did go back out, and then the next time that he came back in, uh, it was someone wearing a Porsche-branded shirt who went over the wall with a Porsche-branded computer. So the issue plagues Sebastian Carrazzo. Thank you. No further action for the Vax and Depew incident. As we move towards the... second half of this race the front of the field being dominated by Dan Goldberg six and a half seconds so he's lost about a second a second and a half going through traffic there Owen but sort of expect that um, he was being careful yeah, he's being careful. He's made it all the way through the GSX field now. Now he's got clear sailing again. Uh, probably won't see another car the rest of this race. we got 23 minutes to go, so he has nobody in front of him, no lap traffic, and uh, second place has still got a clear one GSX car, the, the leader there in the Ford Mustang. Spin for BMW. That's the Turner Motorsport 96 car. That's Vin Barletta, who's gone around at turn one. Gets it pointing in the right direction, but that's cost him third position. Oh, he'll not yeah. be happy with himself there. Now to see what happened, John, on a replay there. Those guys were definitely going at it, fighting hard, and uh, turn one has been a been an action-packed area there for these guys the last few laps. It, it is a much more difficult turning 
than you think because the car is unsettled as you come off the high banks and Vin just drifted I mean what yeah. he was maybe half a car's length offline there and carrying maybe a little bit five more speed. miles an hour too yeah, much the got, back end coming around got in there broke pretty deep and uh, those guys may have been drafting a little bit and even though he's the lead car pulling those guys along you're going to still enter the turn one faster than maybe if you are on your own yes and uh Obviously, the ABS kind of set off there and uh, got on the outside like we talked about. It's off camber there as you go through turn one, especially if you get out in the area where he is, and it's dirty. And uh, oh. just a little bit of spin and back going here. Now we got a battle going into the chicane. Yeah, this is for second position. Check that third, uh, fourth position between the Aston and the BMW. I go back, John. I mean, these guys have got to work together. The top two in GSX have checked out as they're coming down through the trioval right now. These guys in third, yeah, they're fighting for a podium spot, but if you're going to try to gain second, you need to start working together. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, because all you're going to do is slow each other up. Yep. At RSL underscore, excuse me, at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us. Fantastic battling going on at the moment, and here is the prototype battle for third and fourth. Check that fourth and fifth as it was. Brilliant stuff. Keith McCowan and Bijoy Garg. This is Garg coming back through the field. This is a man who has some pretty impressive open wheel experience on the road to Indy. Paul Sitter timed his run to the pole absolutely perfectly. Spun it away at the first corner in now is charging back through the field that is fourth position as Keith McGovern goes back to fifth now how far is he away from the lead he's half a minute away from the leader but he is lapping well in traffic he wasn't lapping as quick as the leader last time let's see what happens when he gets some clear track here's that Aston and BMW battle again on the high banks the 69 is Todd Coleman in the green car the 25 on the low side is Rob Walker in the red white and black BMW, well there's nothing, there's absolutely nothing in pace between those two, no. there's a bit of side drafting. Here we got a prototype behind him trying to figure out which hole he's going to go in. Yeah, I think if that was me in the prototype I'd be just saying, yeah, let, let this, let's <laughs> let this sort themselves out. <laughs> and once again the Aston Martins on the green stuff with the Michelin tyres, they're great tyres but they aren't rallycross tyres. No, and that it brings up the, the sand down there and the, all the grass and everything, that's why the bus stop during the, the four-hour race next weekend of 24, it gets so dirty back there. As you can see why, the guy's trying to run too wide through there. One thing that Wilmot did go to third, he passed uh, Todd Coleman there, which we see this battle with Rob Walker and Todd Coleman again. But Wilmot's cleared him, so let's see if he can run down the top two. I mean, we talked about tire management and see what these guys did in GSX, the top two, if they've managed their tires the right way or if uh, Wilmot's going to have the speed to run them down. So... At the front of the field, the battle is between, I would say, Garg, Schultz, and that's for the third step on the box. There's only a couple of seconds between them. Then there's 20 seconds to Brian Teens in second, and he's 10 seconds ahead, uh, behind, rather, Dan Goldberg. So they're a bit spaced out, but that could still change with just under 19 minutes to go to the first IMSA race of the year, live from Daytona International Speedway, 107.9 around the track, around the world on RS2. Billy Griffin leads in GSX, bronze driver, by five seconds for Moise Oreski. He's got four seconds between himself and Patrick Wilmot. And then it's two seconds back to Rob Walker, one to Todd Coleman, who is the man on the move at the moment. So keep an eye on Todd Coleman in that number 69, Aston Martin. He's found some pace in the middle of the race. What I'm interested to see in the last 15, maybe 10 minutes is who's got tyres left at the yeah. end of this because that could make a huge difference. That could be a couple of seconds a lap round here. Oh, especially in the GSX cars. I mean, they're a little bit heavier than the prototypes. And like we talked, the, the prototypes have got the downforce. So not saying they're not going to wear the tyres, but the GSX cars, GT4 cars, don't have the downforce. They're heavier and uh, see what what's going to happen here if the if they burn the rear tires off these cars at the front because that's typically what would happen on the mustang and the other cars sure makes a good point mate they had these are the tires that they're qualified on oh they are okay yeah and everybody 
did long runs. Nobody did three laps and parked them. Uh, the, uh, they, they used the whole 15 minutes. Oh, Is that what yes. they had? Oh, yes. Absolutely they did that. Bijoy Garg took the pole position on his last flying lap. And he's the man who's just set the fastest lap of the race for the prototypes. 145.094. It's uh, Patrick Wilmot with a 55.358 in the GSX category who is the fastest there in third position Merkel Schultes in the H&R Mulder Motorsport blue and white car heading towards the high banks and he's got Garg closing in on him hand over fist here he's going to be under pressure before the end of this lap looks to me as though Schultes as well has not got the front end on that Mulder Motorsport car got horrible chatter going through turn six onto the high banks there are 10 cars lengths between them just under a second let's see what the braking performance of these two drivers are two different types of cars of course that are battling here it's a Duquesne for Merkel Schultz and Bijoy Garg is in the lead here and he's well I was going to say he's half that gap he's took it down to about two or three cars lengths this is an impressive drive by young Bijoy Garg who was Owen Trickler our pool sitter he is he's coming back here and he's getting Getting a run on him, John, as we come through NASCAR 3 and 4. He pulls up to the high side, get a little side draft here out of turn 4, and he's going to clear him as we come down in the tri-oval. He's going to be clear coming down to turn 1. He's already clear of him as we come down by start-finish. So we, uh, he's making the move back to the podium position here. After the mistake at turn 1, he is some, what, 20 seconds away from second and half a minute away from the leader. And that's all. That's all. Oh, big sideways. I did think that Milner car was in trouble with tyres and a very very squeaky moment for Mirko Schultz there as the car was sideways coming out of turn two and you don't expect to see that from these LMP cars LMP3s with the big V8 normally aspirated engine 5.6 it's the old Nissan block, they sound fantastic they've oh, not yeah. been worked that hard they are very, very durable. And at the front of the field, the Duquesne, the grey Duquesne, which is just gently, quietly disappearing into the afternoon. He did. He had a great start. And uh, Dan is just kind of just, you know, the guy in second's like, hey, probably feels like he's in the league because Dan's so far out in front right now. Yeah, Brian Teens needs a pair of binoculars <laughs> yeah. to see That's the leader, good. even when he can see the back of the car but he's having a good race for us race tronics uh, took a little bit out the leader actually last time around but i suspect dan goldberg now is just taking things very easily uh, shout out for jim farley by the way who qualified in i think 13th position he's fought his way up to seventh in the number 98 ford mustang now this is by no means uh, jim's day job he is normally running Ford Motor Company. I am not kidding you. He is the CEO, the chief executive officer of Ford Motor Company. And he's a complete and utter petrol head. Which you might think, well, of course he is. He's running a car company. Well, sometimes you'd be surprised. Yeah. But he's come out to play here. He's, I think he's very brave to do this in his position. Obviously, he's driving a Ford Mustang. And he's getting into this. He's getting down to some really good times. And his next uh, target is Francis Seldorf. So he's two and a half seconds up the road. And Todd Coleman's only another two tenths there. This could be a top five finish for Jim. He's, I think he's passed more cars than anybody else other than the recovering Bijoy Garg. Yeah, he has, John. I mean, he ran a 55.9's his best lap. The last lap was a 50, well, 56.3 there. So he's two tenths off and uh, actually went... The car in front of him just did a 58-1, so he's definitely running the car, the Aston Martin of Coleman down. And, uh, John, that's why I think this championship is great. When they announced this last year, these guys, this is they don't do this every day. And so Correct. for them to come out here and get this experience here is just uh, tremendous. Battle for fourth and fifth and sixth right there as well now. In fact, here comes Farley onto the back of Seldorf and Walker. So Walker, who was going towards the front, what's happened to Todd Coleman uh, as well? Is he disappeared? Coleman in the... There he is, 69 car, the green yeah. car. So Coleman for, is, uh, has got past the number 95. That's what's happened the last time around. So Todd Coleman has got past 
Francis Serdov and we've now got Jim Farley right with these two he is eyeing a top five and possibly even better that BMW right in front of him gets a lovely line stay in the draft Jim stay in the draft as long as you can and try it on the brakes into the Le Mans chicane looks like that Turner BMW is struggling for a little bit of front end grip it's getting off the corners not too badly now into the chicane the air just being broken up by the BMW ahead you can see that because the hood of the Ford behind is just starting to vibrate lovely rotation in the middle of the corner by Jim Farley there now he's got a chance here. he's got a lovely run yeah, he's got a good run, John, into NASCAR 3 and 4 here, just like we saw with the prototype a couple laps ago. Stay right in the slipstream in the draft here and see what he can do into turn 1 here. Got to be patient here. Don't pull out. Don't pull out. All of a sudden, that hole in the air will help you down towards turn 1. Farley pulls out now, trying to get a better run on the outside. Those three cars still together. This is 5th, 6th and 7th. We're talking about meantime in the battle for the P3. Uh, we've got close quarters action from Keith McGovern and Scott Neal. And they are in 5th and 6th position. Looking absolutely brilliant, these cars. Just 24 of them in this first race. I have a suspicion that after this first weekend, we might see one or two more people dusting off a GT4 car or an LMP3. Yeah, to come out running this championship, we, and we talked about it at Team TGM to put Ted in it also, but the Aston Martin's so new to us, um, and we wanted to keep focused on our WeatherTech program and our uh, Michelin Pilot program that we decided not to do it here. So up on the high side again, Scott Neal came out at maybe a tad early, could have waited until the tryover, but now drops back down will go to the right-hand side, the high side again, gets a much better run. He's flashing the headlights, but frankly, I don't think he's in the mirrors of the car ahead of him at the moment. As Keith McGovern dives down to the inside. Oh, they are right on the ragged edge of adhesion now. Ten minutes to go. Just a quick thought on that. I was talking to uh, Frank Depew and Robin Liddell about this, and Frank obviously running in the Camaro, and at the moment he's up to uh, 12th position in his class. They're running the car in exactly the same trim and setup as Frank will be driving in the pilot challenge. So effectively, this is extra practice for him. Would you make that many changes for a sprint rather than the long di longer distance races? Well, we talked about at the beginning, John, is that the 45-minute race, and then these guys ran 15-minute qualifying, or they mainly ran all that qualifying. So you got 55 minutes on the tires. You're going to run an endurance setup on it. So maybe in quality, you're going to do something different. But a 45-minute race with 10 minutes already on the tires, you're still going to run the same setup. And we would do the same thing at TGM. We would, I would set the car up, put it up for Ted if we had, we had our, our spare car here, do the exact same setup that we've been working with. So he feels the exact same thing, and that's what Robin's doing for Frank. Battle with the 95 of uh, Francis Seldorf and Jim Farley. And this has been a brilliant drive for the Ford man. A little sideways action there he's getting excited, <laughs> excited now isn't he yeah. he's got a top five some, i hope somebody on the radio he's got a top five or it's certainly a top six uh, in front of him at the moment he's passed half the field in gsx at the moment and just got a little bit overexcited on the accelerator on the throttle pedal there got a bit squirrely that was much better much better application of the throttle coming out of the west uh, horseshoe and now gets a really good run <laughs> almost gets too close to that BMW. Got a good run under the braking. <laughs> so he need to back his brake point up a little bit because he got a big understeer there at the apex of turn six. So he just needs to calm down a little bit. Certainly the guys, or he's got somebody coaching him on the radio, just to kind of back him off. Still got nine minutes to go or eight minutes to go now. So a few laps to go, but you can't burn the tires down yet. Now the leader again will be getting some traffic this time around this is the number 73 the gray duquesne great looking prototype into the le mans chicane now and he's got the battle between the 95 the 69 the 27 the 25 the 88 the 44 right in front of him all of those five gsx cars so basically that's fifth down to the leader in class to pass 
in the next lap or two. Once again, Farley goes to the high side on the BMW through the tri-oval right underneath us. He's almost there. Who's going to be last on the brakes? It's a brave one for Farley to come round here. He might diamond off the corner and go to the inside. That's exactly what he's trying to do. Cut it back, Jim. Come on. Oh, just can't make it happen. And here's the They're leader. Overall, the leader right there. Now... Are they going to see him? The leader doesn't have to be pushing too hard. He's still got a 10-second gap. Back to second place. Oh, great driving by Jim Farley. Saw the leader coming through. He's actually given up a bit of ground in his own battle there. I've got to say, I think he was a bit too kind there. It's almost to the, uh, the faster car <laughs> to go through. If I'm battling for a potential podium there, I think I might have just closed the door a little I, I bit might on have the made, made him take the outside line there, yeah, maybe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's a bit like riding a motorcycle on a road. You never, you never let somebody get up the inside of you if you don't want them there. So you move across. You, 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 you claim your place on the road. Same on the track. I think it would have been fine for Jim to just move over a bit. So hang on, hang on. I'm in a battle. You, you've got plenty of downforce and power. You can take me another part of the track. Yeah. You can do that when you're definitely in a slower car. Just put, I mean, we just want people to be consistent. When you're coming up on them, they're slower cars. Just If they place it where they need to be, and hey, I, if i got to take the outside, I'll take it Yeah. at that point. So the leader has cleared that little battle. And it's cost him half a second is all. Brian Thins is having quite a lonely race in second place in the red, white and blue cars. He comes through the GSX traffic. Six minutes to go. Now let's see how fatigue for both the drivers and the Michelin tyres comes into play in this last six minutes. Concentration at the end of these races. The guys have been working hard. It's relatively pleasant out there, although it's the humidity 65 degrees. It's uh, 66 Fahrenheit in the air, so what's that, 20 Celsius? But it'll be much warmer in the car. And here's Jim Farley again. This time he's got a slight overlap, but he's overdone it. Now, cut that one back from there. And he's right there. That was actually quite a sneaky manoeuvre, that. <laughs> actually worked out pretty good. I thought one. he was going to lose a bunch of time, but he got a great run, a great, great exit off of turn one down into turn three here. He's right with the BMW. He just needs to work the draft out of six and out of the Lamar chicane and uh, see if he can set him up into turn one. Well, you guys were asking who's on the radio to Jim Farley. That would be one Mr. Larry Holt of Multimatic fame. And who's cheering him on in the pit box? That would be Mr. Jim France and Mr. Mike Henry, the uh, guy who runs this motor speedway. So in terms of people that are important, they're all in the Multimatic box right now. Well, that's very interesting. A big dive down the outside. Uh, there's going to be some people having... A look at this line, because he was right over the NASCAR Cup Series decals, which clearly has a bit of grip on it, and he almost made that stick. Now, what he's got to do now, and remember, these are not ex terribly experienced racing drivers, he's got to work out where he can get closest to that BMW in a part of the track where the next couple of corners, he has an advantage. He does, yeah, and it's like, he seems like he closed up on the BMW in the infield, and so he just lost a little bit of ground with the P3 car, putting these guys a lap down but i think he's going to reel them back in we got four minutes to go and uh john i was looking at that line when he did that i wanted to see how that worked out so i'll have to remember that one because you know i'll i'll try anything here at daytona so well, hey if particularly if it's the big if it's the last lap on on sunday afternoon next week and there's a watch up for grabs and there's an opportunity to go that deep into turn one to make to make the pass i Owen Trinkler will be taking that. He'll be claiming that as his own. That's right. You, you, I learned it watching up here. Yeah. <laughs> you see an awful lot up here, <laughs> yeah. in fairness. A good run for Billy Griffin. He hasn't really been challenged in the multicolored Ford Mustang. Just coming into the infield through the kink now in the race for RP. Number 14, Core Motorsport Machine. Uh, he's had a decent lead and pulled out a similar sort of lead to what we've seen at the front of the field almost 10 seconds for Billy now he hasn't happened to push that car too far now Jim Farley has passed no, no he's, back, back, he's he, back with him though yeah he's, he's back, back with, with him yeah, he ran him back down Seldorf. and so Seldorf was trying to protect into three so let's see what happens here the next couple of laps but Farley's definitely got the speed he's just got to take the experience and figure out where he's quicker like we were just talking about and to try to apply that move He's got to not be afraid to go offline. Make Seldorf defend into the corner, down the inside. 
that means the exit speed from the BMW won't be there and then swing out and do that old over and under manoeuvre easier said than done because you can easily get target fixation on the back of a car now more battles through the field as the number 86 prototype of Scott Neal has got Keith McGovern just ahead of him as they're about to go onto the high banks and we're coming down to the last two minutes so where is our leader coming through NASCAR turn four, Speedway turn four onto the tri-oval his lap time so it'll be this one and two more I reckon from here at two minutes and 18 to go so that's what there is left. Two minutes 11 on the clock, but that will depend where the leader is. We don't put the chequered flag out at the exact moment. Well, and the good thing about it, John, he just passed the, the overall leader again, or the leader in GSX, so that whole pack will finish on the same lap. So it's good that the race won't be split up. We'll get to see a white flag for all those guys. Well, I'll ask you this now. We, we've now been given the two to go, so spot on there as we went through two laps to go what's your impressions of of this first IMSA VP Racing Sports Car Challenge on Trinkler it's been action-packed right from the get-go John I think you know a lot of the guys learned some stuff one pace lap which is you know different from what we do in the Michelin pilot in the WeatherTech we normally do two pace laps but I think guys can take some experience away that like we talked about at the beginning that you've got to build some heat in the tires. And when you're coaching somebody, a uh, bronze driver or a driver that's just trying to learn and get some experience, that is so important on those pace laps. Tires and brakes, absolutely. Yep. Now, are you a weaver in terms of warming up your tires, or are you a riding the breaker? I accelerate hard and get on the brakes. That's right. what I like, and that's what you know. I've been working with Ted and stuff. Yeah, I weave it a little bit just to kind of scrub the tires uh, to get them clean, but you build all the heat and the acceleration of the braking because right. you get the, the brakes – you know, get the heat in them, that's going to get the wheels hot, that's going to get the tires hot. Yeah. So Warming them from the inside out that, as well yep. as from the outside in. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's temperature and pressure, of course. Brings the pressure up so your ride heights are right, your brakes are right. It looked to me like a little grabby brake for our pole sitter, for Bijoy Gog. He's worked his way past Mirko Schultz's, by the way, and he's back into a podium position as the white flag goes out for the JTC motorsport machine of Dan Goldberg has barely been headed started on the outside of the front row watch the pole sitter just looping into turn one well, it was he avoided a good him run too. Down. He, was on, he had to go around the outside of him too That's so he did good, a, Dan did a great job there that, that experience that he's got in the WeatherTech Championship used it there Jim Farley hasn't given up on making one more position. He's looking stay, for sixth. He needs oh, to stay tucked in. He's pulled out a yeah. little bit early again. Or get closer to him to get that side draft coming down through the trial when we got a P3 car coming up behind him. But He's there. He's alongside. He's breaking early to let the P3 car. He's been too nice again yes. going yeah. on to his last lap. Now, what he has to hope for here is that the Mulder Motorsport P3, which has just gone through, might slow down the BMW. They're side by side going through turn three in the chicane, and there was almost a coming together between the Mulder car and a big slide again. Come on, Jim, you've got to get right there. You've got to be right there at this point. He's quick through the infield. Maybe just lacking a little bit of confidence on the breakdown into turn one. But what a drive by Jim Farley. I think he's going to be seventh at worst. He might still get sixth position. He started well outside the top ten. But there's headlines being made at the front of both classes. You can only win the first ever race once. And the VP Sports Car Challenge for 2023. The headlines at the front of both classes made in really quite dominating form and it will be JDC Motorsport and Dan Goldberg who takes the checkered flag for round one Duquesne over Ligier, Brian Thines with a relatively lonely run to second some 10 seconds or so behind and here comes the GSX leader and it's been a similarly impressive run for Billy Griffin in the court Motorsports car, there he goes in the racing for RP. Sponsored machine. Down into turn one. And breathe, gentlemen, breathe. Brian Thames in second. And Bijoy Garg, the pool sitter, 26 and a half seconds behind the leader. Only four seconds away from second. He will be ruining that spin. He will 
get the fastest lap in the class with a 1.45.0. Sebastian Carrazo sneaks the fastest lap in GSX, although that car didn't finish the race with a 54.9. He put a brand new set of tyres on when he went into the pit lane. Uh, that will give him a better qualifying spot for tomorrow than he scored in the qualifying. So that was a bit of clever strategy for a car that they knew wasn't going to finish the race well. The other podium positions then behind uh, the Court Motorsport Ford of Billy Griffin, Aston Martin, Moise Oretsky for Accelerating Motorsport. Split decision, Patrick Wilmot in third place in the number 88 BMW then Rob Walker, Todd Coleman, Francis Seldorf and Vin Barletta oh what happened to Jim Farley on the last lap? Yeah that's what I was just looking at John he must have had an issue I just didn't see it uh, on the last lap somewhere maybe from turn 6 down to the Lamar chicane um, so he ended up uh, dropping a couple spots here because his last lap was a 225 and these guys have been oh, in the 157 margin so yeah he had a great great run all the way up to that point past a ton of cars and uh, but he'll learn a lot you know first race of the weekend they've got these guys have got another race tomorrow and uh, Jim will take some information away and especially he's got Larry Holt down in the pit box uh, will definitely help him out for tomorrow well a very decent crowd here with the boy and girl scouts and quite a lot of fans who have come out for this raw weekend two races and they have been entertained by the VP Racing Challenge. Unofficially then, here are the results. Jan Goldberg for JDC Motorsport wins it by 22 seconds from buying teams of US Racetronics in second with Bijoy Garg, the pole sitter, fighting his way back to third and taking the fastest lap. So that's a lap record that he set there because this is the first of a new championship, 145.094. Maker Schultzes for Muller Motorsport uh, got a second wind in that race. He dropped a couple of places when it looked like he was struggling with tyre issues in the middle of the race in the blue and white Muller car ahead of uh, Kevin McGovern in the Kelly Moss at number 28. Uh, Keith McGovern, excuse me. Sc Scott Neal, Lance Wilsey, Courtney Crone, uh, Adrian Kunzler in the Ligier at the back of the field of the LMP3s. Billy Griffin, 12 seconds at the line for Co Motorsports. For Moise Rexy in second. Then Patrick Wilmot for split decision. Rob Water for Auto Technica. Archangels, Todd Coleman in fifth position. Then Seldorf, Barletta, Quinlan, Siegel, Rogers for KMW, Rebel Rock, Frank DePue making up positions. Jim Farley had a bit of a yo-yo race. Uh, really did well at the beginning and right through the middle. And on the last lap when he was battling for sixth position with Seldorf, uh, an incident that caused him problems. Let's get down to Shea Adam, who is making her way to the podium area for some interviews. And a decent set of uh, a decent set of media down there, Shea, I've got to say, as well as Bibendum. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of fanfare down here because it's the first ever race victory for the VP Challenge sports car. And you know what the exciting thing is? Two IMSA staples victorious in both of the classes as far as the crews are concerned because JDC Motorsport, they found a new driver with Dan Goldberg, and it seemed to work. Dan, victory lane at Daytona International Speedway. What does this feel like? This is pretty awesome. We're in the victory lane of Daytona. I want to thank CSCI and all of uh, the employees that are here rooting me on. I want to thank uh, Florida Green Building Coalition, my wife, my sister-in-law that are here cheering me on, my niece. Um, this is awesome, JDC. I couldn't, I couldn't be happier. They gave me an awesome car. We were just uh, managing the pace out there pretty much, um, dealing with the traffic. I think my WeatherTech experience came in uh, handy today so it's awesome thanks everyone for being here this is pretty special congrats dan let's do it again tomorrow thank you well the uh, move of the race was actually at the first corner when he had to avoid the spinning paul sitter it's billy griffin for court motorsports who will take the gsx category and uh, Shea Adam is, I can see her, moving purposely uh, towards Billy Griffin. I'm going to say thank you very much to uh, Owen Trinkler, who's been with us from TGM, Team TGM. Um, 
come back anytime you want to do that, mate. I've thoroughly enjoyed you being back in the booth. No, great having me. It's been a few years uh, to watch this uh, first race of the VP Challenge to see some of the GSX cars and the LMP3 cars, which I don't get to watch a lot of. And uh, some of these guys I've raced against in the Michelin Pilot Series that are over here running, so it's great to see them. Well, Philly Griffin, it's one race, one race win. You're used to winning races and championships, but what's it like to win at Daytona? Yeah, it's wonderful to win at Daytona, but it's more wonderful to win your first IMSA race ever, let alone the first IMSA race I ever even went to. So I'm absolutely thrilled. This Ford Mustang was unbelievably fast. The car was great. Core Motorsports had this thing hooked up from the beginning. My teammate works. My team worked for about a half a month, take the whole car apart, rebuilt it. My family's been dealing with all the hoopla of me wanting to do this, and it's been wonderful. I'm really, really excited. Well, I'm glad they let you come out and do it, and we get to race again tomorrow. Going to try and replicate that? Maybe have a little more competition out there? Yeah, well, I'm sure that they'll figure out how to catch up to me a little bit. Uh, um, these guys don't uh, take this lightly. They don't come here to lose either, so um, I'm sure that uh, it'll be a little bit tighter tomorrow, tighten some things, and it'll be a pretty awesome race. Congrats on the win. We'll see what you can do on, sun on uh, yeah, tomorrow Sunday. That's right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Win on Saturday, win on Sunday as well. <laughs> Share, Adam, your thoughts on the VP Racing Challenge first race. You got to see it from ground level. Plenty of action going on right from the drop of the green flag. Oh, it was great. It was super exciting the whole way through. Uh, the best part, I have to say, Core Motorsport and JDC Miller, uh, JDC Motorsport, those are two teams who have proven their worth in IMSA competition in multiple levels of different classes, and they're the ones who led the way for everyone else. They showed them how to do it. Do we think that Bijoy Garg might have learned something going into that first corner, and uh, he fought his way back up to third? He would have been battling for the lead, surely, throughout oh. that race from pole. Oh, yes, and I think he'll be ruining that uh, decision tonight for turn one, and he will be dreaming about it, and then tomorrow will be a completely different ball game. Crafty by Kelly Moss with Ryan for Sebastian Carrazzo. Carr obviously had a wee bit of a problem, but they brought him in, sent him out to do effectively another qualifying lap. He got the fastest lap of the race. That will affect his grid position for tomorrow. Yes, it will, and we'll have to wait to see exactly where he's starting because it'll be a compilation of the fastest laps from the race we just witnessed and the qualifying session that we had earlier on. The rain held off for the entirety of that race, don't think it'll be the same for the rest of the day going forward. So clearly, somebody upstairs is a big fan of that race we just had. What a great start to the VP Racing Challenge season and to IMSA competition. That's the first race of 2023 under IMSA auspices. We'll be back to do it again for another 45 minutes tomorrow. It's all live here from Daytona International Raceway on IMSA Radio. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.